All right, today we have a very special guest on our show, somebody that I grew up watching, somebody that I look up to who has a massive, gigantic heart, somebody that they call the beast, two-time world champion of boxing, two-time golden glove champion, my friend, my mentor, Andre Berto. What's up, Thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you for having me. It's my pleasure. You know, we have a lot of audiences, a lot of people that are fighters, you know, in life, not necessarily in ring. And I remember meeting you for the first time and you had this attitude about you that was just, you know, you carry this energy that you always want to win, that you always want to go out there and make things happen. And you told me something when we first met and it was, hey, you're here to work. You could have felt my energy, yeah. right? How do you feel the energy of the fighters? I mean, um, you know, as a fighter, you, know, you have to have a different type of, you know, mentality yeah. to get in there. I mean, I mean, you're talking about to walk into a square circle and, and getting ready to go in there and fight a guy that was trained to kill you for the last eight, nine weeks. You have to be a little, right. you got to be a little, you know what I mean? I mean, kind of like wiring a little differently. Um, you know, so I think, um, you know, of course, the way I was brought up, you know, my dad, my family as well, you know, they kind of, um, you know, helped me get in a certain place to just understand who I am and to be under, to be able to understand a lot of, you know, hard work ethic. Yeah. And just be able to just, uh, uh, just go out there and just try to accomplish everything I want to accomplish. And that's what I wanted to accomplish at the time, to be a world champion. So I knew what it took. I want to go a little bit back into okay. your story because... You started to go into boxing, and the reason why you got into fighting is because you were 10 years old. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> you were getting beat up, and, and your dad, who already <laughs> had the kickboxing background, yeah. put you in school so that way you can learn how to defend yourself. Absolutely. Can you share that with It was kind of opposite. <laughs> okay. You know, I was, you know, I was a bad You were kid. beating people yeah. up. You were smacking them. <laughs> I was smacking kids around. Okay. I was smacking kids around at a young age, my teacher. Used to call my dad all the time. Like, listen, you gotta do something with this kid. Wow. Like, he has a lot of energy. Good kid does all his work, but man, his energy is through the is through the roof. Like, yeah. you gotta do something with him. And he started getting in trouble with a lot of other kids. So, um, of course, my dad, you know, he was into mixed martial arts. Yeah. You know, um, you know, very early, he started taking me to the gym with him because that was one of his disciplines. Um, you know, boxing, jujitsu. You know, a lot of other different things. He started taking me to the boxing gym with him, and. Um, and I went in there, and the first day, they put me in the ring, you know, with a kid, a little chubby kid. Um, and in my mind, just automatically, I'm like, okay, so I guess they just only knocked this kid out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the kid, man, he, uh, you know, he schooled me, he boxed me. Um, I came in with a lot of aggression. I'm swinging crazy. He was so relaxed in the way he just maneuvered me in the wow. ring. It was. It was just beating the hell out of me, and I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand what he was doing because I was stronger. Um, I was a little bit bigger. And um, and ever since that day, I, I had to figure it out. You know what I mean? He knew some type of magic <laughs> that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like it, man. Uh, I went back home crying a little bit. And after that, I just asked my dad the next day, like, hey, can I get back to the gym? I need to. I need to figure this out. Wow. So that was Would you say fighting and boxing are two different things? Oh, of course, yeah. of course, <laughs> of course. You know, I tell people all the time, man. Um, you know, uh, you know, the fight game. You know, boxing is a science. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a size. I see a lot of guys coming to the gym um, that supposedly are great fighters you know, out on the street. But when they get in there, man, they get put in that in that puzzle. Yes. You know what I'm saying? They chess get, game. They get put in that puzzle, in that chess game, and, and they're looking crazy, and they're not understanding what's happening. They can't hit the guy in front of them, and, and they're getting tired in 30 seconds, yeah. and their punches out here, and they're getting <laughs> hit with some other, you know, and they wow. see the guy in front of them just just calm and relaxed, and just and just and just taking and just taking pieces apart of them. I mean, it's a it's a different game. Completely different game. At what point did you fall in love with boxing? Um, you know, I did it at first because, of course, uh, you know, I enjoyed. It. I was a tough kid growing yeah. up, you know, so I loved just the physicality of it. Um, you know, but I grew up watching, you know, guys like Sugar Ray Leonard, yeah. Marvin Hagler, you know, Roberto Duran. At the time, Mike Tyson, um, and I just loved just the overall, um, you know, style that they had, the presence that they had. Yeah. You know, what I mean, just just as men, um, you know, walking into the ring and being able to dismantle another man um, just because he was better. Yeah. And 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 like I said, I grew up in a household where I grew up in a household just full of fighters. My yes. dad was MMA. My brothers. Uh, you know, they were doing karate MMA. Yeah. My sisters, they're national judo champions. So everybody was active. Wow. Um, you know, but for some reason, you know, boxing stuck with me. Because like I said, like growing up, I was a little chubby growing up. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't like kicking. I didn't like, you know, being on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Ugh. You know, I like to stand up and swing. So, um, and I just love the art of it, man. I just love just the, uh, just that mentality to be able to know that you were that you were able to dismantle somebody else because you were better. Exactly. I remember one of your quotes, you know, and it stuck with me. Every time I compete against someone, it doesn't matter what I do, Monopoly, Uno, soccer, wrestling, it doesn't matter what I yeah. do. You said you want to take the man's will. Yes, man. Right? That's what, that's, was, that's your own words. I was sick. When I, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, man, when I was younger, man, when I, um, you know, of course, just me growing up um, in a household I grew up in, my parents, you know, I mean, Haitian immigrants, uh, you know, from Haiti, and, and just being able to see our circumstances. Yeah. Um, of course, grew up a lot, you know, tougher than a lot of other kids. Um, you know, you know, plenty of days we didn't know if we were going to eat or not. We didn't have all the fresh shoes. We yep. didn't have this. We didn't have that. And for some reason, man, um, I had a switch that went off you know, in my head. Just you know, what I mean, just at an early age, yep. and just knowing that I had this drive inside of me that I could be the one to change our situation, exactly. and just me being able to get into the ring yeah, as an amateur, you know, as a, I mean, and as a pro, I kept that mentality with me. I felt like that. Now, I didn't care what opponent stepped into the room right. at the time because I knew that they didn't go through the things I had to go through growing up. Right. So I want to take, I want to take that person's will just to let him know, just to let him know that that is no. <laughs> this is your house. It's, it's 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 a whole different situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's the, uh, you know, at the time I always felt like that was the ultimate way to defeat somebody is to be able to take the will. Exactly. You know what I mean? Somebody can step into the ring and, and just be you know, motivated all they want. But but as soon as they get across the ring with a completely different type of beast, yes. 
I mean, I just used to see it wither away when I used to fight guys. And I used to, that shit used to drive me. It was crazy. I was kind of sick. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're such a nice guy, such yeah. a clean, such an outgoing, friendly guy. Yeah. I mean, during the Haiti earthquake, you yeah. traveled, you helped the kids, yeah. right? But you said something, you said, when I step in the ring, I become a different person. Yeah. I become this beast. Yeah. How do you tap into that? Man, um, um, just the, just my, uh, uh, it's my will to just be the best. And I know, you know, uh, um, you know, every time I step into the ring, I had a lot of, you know, expectation. Yep. You know, everybody always, you know, wonder this, wonder that, and okay, he knocked out this guy, knocked out that guy. See if he's gonna be able to do it again. Yeah. You know, it was always questions here and there. I just had a lot of it, a lot of high expectations. You know, just me just coming out of the Olympics and turning pro. And I just always just wanted to not just prove it to people, right. but prove it to myself or who I believed who I was. Wow. You know what I mean? So it was a completely different, you know, mentality of me jumping into the ring because I spoke it to myself all the time. I, you know, I had a... I had a vision and a mentality that I felt that I was different. So I had to go prove it to myself as well. Wow. So it turned on every time I stepped into the ring. It's not just for them, it's for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you had an ideal self of, of who course. you wanted to be. Of course. Right? When did you decide to be a world champion? Early. <laughs> early, 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 man. Um, you know, the funny thing about it, um, you know, my man, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, Russell Peace, yeah. and we had dinner. Um, you know, years ago, um, and he told me he was a big fan. Uh, we had like this big, it was like a like a business dinner. So yeah. he was there. You know, um, he said across from me, he says, the, one of the first things he said, he said, um, okay, when did the switch turn on? Wow. I said, what? He said, you know, when did that switch turn on for you? I said, damn. When I was young, I had to be like seven, eight years old. He's like, okay. He said, it's kind of the same with me. Yeah. You know, it's it's um, you know, a certain type of switch that has to go off in your mind to to really make your mind up like on what it's going to be, on what your life's going to be, what you want your life to be. Yeah. Of course, it's going to be obstacles. Of course, it's going to be a lot of different, you know, circumstances that happen. But you need to make up in your mind. It doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter what what obstacle comes, everything I'm praying for is on the other side of that. I love it. So they gonna have to see me every day. They I'm gonna have to show up every day. Yes. It doesn't, it does not matter if if I keep hitting that wall, that wall is gonna see me every day exactly. until I break it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So that was my mentality growing up, man, and and, and, and you know, I got a lot of success, you know, very early. Uh, you know, making the US team at 15. Um, I never traveled anywhere, but I got a chance to make U.S. team and travel to 22 different countries yeah. by the time I graduated high school. Um, you know, so it just continued to open my eyes that, you know, everything I want is, I mean, it's attainable. Right. I'm from a small town in Central Florida. Yeah. My parents are from Haiti, and now I'm flying all over the world, you know, representing the U.S., and, you know, they're sending me bags of, <laughs> you know, sponsorship gear from Adidas, yeah. and this is crazy. How did you, at that moment, going through transition, immigrant parents, yeah. right? There's days that you don't know where you're going to eat, if yeah. you are going to eat, to now getting all these gifts from sponsorship, yeah. traveling the world. How do you not get a big head? 
uh, or how did you maintain that to get a big head? I mean, my um, you know, my surroundings kept me humble. <laughs> you know, my brothers, my sisters, they kept me humble. My father, um, maybe, you know, my mother kept me humble. Um, you know, even though I got a lot of that early, I still came back to, you know, like to a small house that I see roaches and, you know, rats, you know, running everywhere, yeah. Yeah. you know, so I came back to a lot of, you know, realization of what my situation was. Right. You understand me? So, um, you know, so that kind of really just kept me humble, but it continued to motivate me like, okay, I'm going to change all this shit for us. So I'm going to change all this stuff for us. So I can go to, you know, I can go to, uh, uh, you know, like Denmark and fight for the U.S. and yeah. everybody wearing matching uniforms from Adidas and everybody's cheering for us and I'm winning, you know, uh, uh, you know, gold medals. But as soon as I fly back home, I fly back and I go back in my room yeah. and I'm waking up in the middle of the night to get something from the refrigerator. I'm seeing, I'm seeing roaches everywhere. <laughs> so, you wow. know, wow. it was still there. Do you think hunger, do you think luxury kills hunger or motivates it? Um, it just depends. It just depends. Um, I mean, it just depends. Of course, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard. Uh, you know, like they say in the fight game, it's, you know, it's, it's a little hard sometimes to get up and run when you're laying on silk sheets. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what they say in the fight game, too. But, you know, but then again, like I said, um, you know, like, like a guy like Floyd Mayweather, you know, he has so much... You know, vibrato, he has so many things and, and, and you know, luxury items. Yeah. Um, and that drives him because he knows that's his persona. And he knows that he can't lose that. Wow. You know, if he loses the fight, like, this shit's over. Yeah. You know, the people aren't going to believe it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and just me knowing him yeah. and just knowing how he operates, and I've known him since I've been 16 years old. So... Of course, he put all the pressure on him. Yeah, he put all that pressure on himself. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah, he loves the attention. He loves this. He loves that. But he, he still understands and knows he better stay undefeated. Right. Well, this shit is going away. Right. You know what I mean? So that that drives him. That motivates him. That pushes him to be the best. He can go into a club and just buy a hundred bottles for everybody. He's not going to take a sip. As soon as he gets out to the car with his whole team. He's going to put on some shoes and run home yeah, yeah. three, four miles. You know what wow. I mean? Those are the things that people don't see that I've seen. Wow. You know what I mean? Because he knows, you know, this is where my my greatness lies. I can't lose. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your first 13 fights, you yeah. finished them all by knockout. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And at that point, right, you're getting stronger. You're knocking one after another one. How do you not lose yourself to think that you're untouchable, that you're undefeated, <laughs> that I don't need to train, I don't need to show up, I, I don't need to listen to my coaches? Nah, I could, you know, I kind of, you know, <laughs> I kind of got to that point for a little bit. I mean, you talking about a guy that was young. I was the, you know, I was the hottest young prospect yes. in, you know, boxing at the time. Um, it was just a lot of big talk about me, um, you know, me fighting Floyd then, you know, years ago. Um, you know, I was just making a lot, a lot of headlines, knew a lot of celebrities early. Yeah. Um, you're knocking everybody out. So I kind of got a chip on my shoulder. You know what I mean? Um, you know, coming from nothing, making millions of dollars. And uh, and I got to a point that I started getting to that point, man. And it, it kind of got tough. 
you know, I'm coming to the hotels at the fights. If I don't got the biggest suite in the hotel, yeah, I'm yeah. cursing people out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm calling management. Like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> oh, I'm the star of the show. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, um, you know, but that first loss, it definitely humbled me real quick. <laughs> real quick. Is, is that the loss that hurts the most? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, especially for me at the time, because, you know, everything about me was so big. Um, and I was this this young star that was going to be like this new face of boxing. Um, and I kind of, um, yeah, I looked for all that attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? I knew a lot of celebrities at the time too, and I, and I wanted everybody to watch me. I wanted everybody to watch me perform and knock this kid out on a huge stage. And the weird thing about that is, as soon as you go through that first loss, I went through that first loss, you know, I went through a time where I felt like everybody in the world watched me get embarrassed. Right. And I kind of crunched up in the shell. I went to the airport. Oh, wow. I had my family around me. I had a jacket over my head. I felt like everybody was looking at me. That same attention that I was fiending for. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When it went the other way, I you wanted not, to stay away. I wanted to get away from every bit of it. Was like this. I went back home. I locked myself back home, but it kept popping up. I see it on Sports Center. Yes. It was such a crazy fight. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was on Sports Center. It was on the newspaper. Wow. It was everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I really wanted to hide away from the world, man. And I still remember um, me, I got me, and my brother, and my cousin. And not some people know the story. Me, and my brother, and my cousins, and I booked a flight to Bali mm. because I knew that nobody was going to know. Yeah. Yeah. Took off for like three or four weeks. Just so I can quiet the noise. Right. Just so I can get away from Did you him. underestimate him when yeah, you did? Sure. Okay. Sure. I mean I didn't know who he was. Right. You know, and at the time, um, you know, a lot of talk with just me and Floyd. Me and Floyd were supposed to fight then. And then Floyd's team or somebody threw Victor Ortiz yeah. in front of me. I was upset, I was mad. Um, you know, cocky. Yeah. Talking shit. Oh, he must be scared. Ah. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I didn't care too much about Victor Ortiz. Um, they threw somebody in front of me the fight before and I knocked him out. I was like, man, I ain't got time for this. And and I remember not showing up to camp probably. I went to camp probably three or four weeks before the fight. Oh my God. And I really just went just to lose the weight and yeah, make weight. Exactly. And and just in my mind at the time. You know, I just know how I perform under the lights, and I knew that okay. You know, training camp wasn't good, but I know once the lights turn on, I you know I go, I perform. Right, right. Man, and I remember getting that was the first fight that I ever, you know, walked into, and I was very nervous because I knew I didn't prepare like I needed to. Wow, it was in Connecticut. Yeah, it was in Connecticut. <laughs> and, you know, it was in Connecticut, and and I'm thinking to myself like, okay. I mean, I don't, you know, we'll see. And I remember just walking up to the ring, looking to my right. For some reason, everybody flew out to this fight. In some little town yeah, in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. Floyd, 50 Cent, all these others, everybody just, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, like, like, damn, I walk into the ring. I see Victor Ortiz bouncing across the ring. He looked like he was a rabbit dog, ready to go. Just, just looked like he was just. He was the underdog at that moment. Yeah, he looked like he was 
ready to kill something. Wow. And I remember like, oh shit. <laughs> I said, damn. And I'm looking to the left, I'm seeing all these guys and stuff. I'm like, jeez, what's going on? Like I got set up, I don't know how. <laughs> and um, Did he drop you first in that fight? He came out fast, yeah, he came out yeah. fast. He didn't even hit me. Everything just happened so fast because I was dealing with so many emotions yeah. at the time. I'm like, damn, I know I'm not ready. Damn, all these guys are here. And this kid is coming crazy. Oh, shit, okay, okay, okay. The bell rung, he just came straight at me. Yeah. So I really went down to a need to, just to slow down the pace. Wow. I had to slow the pace down. Oh, you had to interrupt his rhythm. Yeah, I had to interrupt his rhythm and slow it down. Then after that, I just like, all right, well, here we go. Let's get it. Yeah. We just got into it, man. And, and, and uh, like I said, he came in going. So that was what he counted as a knockdown, even though I went down to the first yeah. million. I knocked him down the, f the second time. And I hit him with, yeah. I hit him with a right hand. I still don't know how he got up with that. Yeah. I hit him. It was an so, uppercut. No, it was a right hand. It was a, just a right hand. Yeah, I hit him with an uppercut the second time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hit him with a right hand. And I don't know how he got up from that. I almost spit his neck around. Oh my God. And he got up and he just went back to work and I was just so tired because I didn't prepare like I needed to. Wow. And that was the first time a lot of people see me in that space and they didn't know how, they didn't understand that I'm on the ropes. My legs were gone. Everything was gone. I'm on the ropes just letting them punch on me. Mentally I'm there. Because every time he got off of me, I'm like, man, come on, that's not nothing. Yeah, yeah. But my body just wasn't responding. Wow. It was crazy. It was did crazy. you know you lost that fight when you guys yeah. went to the front, the yeah. judges, you knew you lost it. Yeah, I didn't care if they, you know, it was a close fight. Still, yeah. Very, very close. But, uh, you know, but it just didn't sit right on me because I was used to performing like I know how to perform. I know I wasn't ready. I knew I, I knew that just wasn't me. You know what I mean? I knew that he came and got it. If I'm not mistaken, you chose to go back and fight him second time. You, you actually yes, wanted him. That was the one I needed. I needed that. Yeah. I didn't. It's not like I wanted. I needed that fight because after that fight, it interrupted my rhythm. You know, moving forward. You know, I can talk about it now. It's been a lot of years, but yeah, uh, you know, going into that fight, of course, I won my next fight. But I dealt with so many just mental, you know, hurdles after that. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I mean. You know, dealing with somebody or just being that type of guy that was so dominant and really believing that nobody could stand in there with me to going through my first loss and just being in a situation where my body couldn't perform like I needed right. to. Right. Then I started doubting myself. Right. Wow. And then that doubt just started creeping in like crazy. You know what I mean? And like even I'm though you won the fight after that, you had two consecutive losses. Yes, after that. Would you say that had to do with skill? That had to do mental, with mental state? Mental, it was all, oh. all mental. Wow. All mental. These guys, like now, these guys couldn't stand in front of me now. You know what I mean? It was the mental situation. Same thing, I tell people now, like, like when I see, like, like, uh, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yes. Ronda Rousey, she was so dominant. And this happens to mainly the most dominant, you know, figures once they take their first loss. Yeah. She was so dominant. Now, nobody could touch her mentally. She was unbreakable. Yeah. Soon as that got broken, yeah. that fight, when she was coming back, everybody, oh yeah, okay, she's, yeah, I mean, she came back, she's gonna be good. I'm like, listen, I understand what she's going through. Wow. If anything goes 
slightly wrong, she's gonna automatically feel like she's back in that nightmare that happened. That's exactly what happened. As soon as she took that first shot, I seen her face like, oh my God, I mean, and it was all boom, 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 boom. Because I've been there. Yeah, I mean, I've been there, I know how it is. You recovered from that. Yeah. She did it. Yeah. What separates one from the other? Um, Because, uh, you know, somebody like her, you know, still, of course, an amazing, amazing fighter. Yeah. Um, you know, but the stages that we fight on, man, are just so huge. And so many people watch. Um, and and going through that is it's almost like a nightmare. Like, you know, I know people like, like even myself, like you almost feel like, you know, you know, that can like finish you as a person. Wow. Just to quiet the noise. You know what I'm saying? Like almost almost suicidal to a bit. That's crazy. You know what I mean? When people see you so much of a big star, but on that same stage where you flourish they see your demise yeah. at the same time. Yeah. You know, that can almost that can almost finish you as a person. So somebody like her, man, she, you know, I can understand how she just walked away. Yeah. Because the same people that children, I mean, well, they cheered on her and just loved her so much. And that nightmare that she yeah. felt, she don't wanna she don't wanna feel that shit no more. Right. Let me go do something else. You know what I mean? Me myself, you know, I found out that the only way to defeat it or to to get comfortable with it or defeat it, you have to keep showing up to it. Wow. You have to keep showing up. You have to, you know what I mean? It's a crazy feeling, but you know, you're not gonna be able to you're not gonna be able to beat it or to go through it unless you keep showing up for it. Do you think the reason why they don't show up is because of the fear? Of course. Yeah, it's the that's, fear. That's that's a that's a situation that yeah. I mean, especially in the fight game, it's not just the fear. I mean, that fear can turn into, you know, embarrassment and just more damage to you physically. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're not mentally together, yeah. you get back in that ring, it'll just damage you, you know, wow. mentally, physically, you know, even more. So you have to be wired different. You have to, you have to tell yourself that doesn't matter how the situation happened, I gotta show up again. I gotta face this fear again. I gotta defeat it, yeah. you know what I mean? And the only way to do it, you have to keep showing up to it. Eventually, eventually you're gonna end up, you know, start identifying, you know, who you are. Yeah, yeah. Identifying who you are again. Yes. And knowing that, you know, just knowing that truth. We live to build up our identity. Yeah. When the loss happens, yeah. when we take that failure, right? Yeah. We lose the part of the identity. Yeah. How do you go out there and rebuild it besides showing up? Is it the environment? Is it yeah. the people that you yeah. have? The environment, the people that you have around you. Um, you know, one of my coaches too, um, you know, I was trying to get back right mentally. He used to tell me, you need to understand who you are. Go back and watch some of your old fights. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it gets to a point that you know, sometimes when you when you get into that state, especially as a fighter, you go through that first loss, you start, you know, overanalyzing yourself. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to over you're trying to over prepare. You're trying to trying to check all these boxes. You're trying to make sure you're doing things perfect. Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like you're still a beast, you're still an animal. Yeah. You don't watch some of your other fights. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta you just gotta focus up and go out there and do it. Wow. You don't gotta change too much of 
too much of shit. Just go out there and do it. You already have the tools. Go out there and do it. But if you're not right mentally, it doesn't matter who you be, you know, prior. Right. They'll be able to come back and beat you anytime at that point if mentally you're not at that place where you need to be. A lot of people think that your most challenging fight was Victor Ortiz. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's not true. No. It was the guy named Estrada. Yeah, David Estrada. <laughs> <laughs> what about Estrada that gave you the hardest fight? I mean, David Estrada, I mean, at that time, you know, I was on my rise up. Um, new young hot kid on the scene, you know, HBO. At the time, we were on HBO. They gave me my big platform to perform on HBO um, in front of millions, a lot of, a lot of hype. Um, and David Estrada, you know, was a veteran. He fought a lot of guys. The you know, Kermit Central fought Shane Mosley. He mm-hmm. fought a lot of, a lot of big guys. I know how tough and rugged he was, um, you know. But I know how lethal I was too. But you know, that was my first time finally getting in there with a guy that didn't care. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you know, coming up, I can walk into a ring with somebody, and I can see that hype. You know, my hype kind of got to them. Yeah, yeah. I see them mentally kind of like, oh, man, okay. He didn't you know? care. And if I hit them, they're going to, I mean, they're going to crush me. He didn't care. Wow. That was one of them guys that did not care. He he <laughs> came out the first round and jumped right on my ass, banging until he was banging me. And I remember going back to the corner, like, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, shit, this shit is real. Like, he's... <laughs> I looked at my coach and I'm like, he's trying to embarrass me. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is my showcase. My yeah. mom, my parents there, everybody, all my friends, he's trying to embarrass wow. me. He just didn't care. He came every round banging and it didn't matter what I hit him with. He, he took it, kept coming right back. Boom, 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 boom. And he was hitting me with some solid shots. That's crazy. And, and you know, he put me in a state where, where I had to talk to myself. I had to really make a decision in my mind, like, okay, are you going to, are you going to show these people, you know, who you are? Are you going to let the lights and the pressure yeah. and everything and this man that's in front of you trying to expose you in front of the world? Are you going to let this, yeah. Yeah. this happen? Right. So, you know, I went through like a mental battle in my mind, in the fire of that fight. Oh my God. Like, okay. That's crazy. Okay, I'm in the car, like, okay, okay. Okay, cool. If you do this, I need to do this. I gotta do this. I gotta <laughs> And you know, after that, man, after once I made my mind up and I took a few shots and I came back with it and and I made that decision, like probably fourth or fifth round, like, okay, it doesn't matter what he does, it don't matter what he hits me with. I'ma show him that I'ma hit him harder every time yeah. and I'm not going anywhere. I love it. And once I made that decision, man, and we just were banging, we were banging, and after that probably sixth round, I started seeing, you know, pieces of him chip away. Boom, boom, boom. Now, now I'm starting to see that confidence in his face starting to look like worry. Yeah. And that's when I know, okay, okay, wow. here we go. Wow. Now, now I'm starting to see that wheel starting to drift out a little bit. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> starting to see it drift a little bit more, a little bit more. Boom, boom, he, he, he still was there. He still was showing up, but I'm starting to see I'm starting to see that he understands, he sees that, you know, everything that everybody's talking about, okay. You showed up. Yeah, but he's here. Yeah, you wow. know what I'm saying? That's so why I need, you know, so he had to figure it out. I want to be respectful of your time. Because no, that's okay. you, you have a TV to do and other yeah. things. Um, if there was one more question I wanted to ask. Yes, sir. If there was a movie, a book, 
being read about you today, and you had to choose the title. Wow. What would that title be? Relentlessness. 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 I've been there my whole life. Relentless. My whole life. My whole life I've been relentless. I didn't have a choice at at one point. I didn't have a choice. I still don't have a choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? As long as we're here, as long as we're breathing, we got to be relentless with this life. You know what I mean? Because it can be it can be over like that. So whatever you want to try to achieve, you know, you just put your all into it. Every morning, literally every morning I wake up, I'm just so, I'm just more grateful that I have, you know, another day, you know what I mean, of life. Yeah. I appreciate the breaths that I have. Yeah. yeah. And the air that fills my lungs, and I don't take that for granted. Wow. And the way I show that is I, I, I put my foot on the pedal every morning. Gas. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate you. Appreciate it, my man. Thank you.